0: and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. My name's Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently a board certified behavior analyst working at a private center. The whole goal of this podcast is to help you with balance. So you'll have some episodes helping you at work and other episodes helping you outside of work. I hope you guys are excited to dive into today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is my comeback episode. It's been six months since I released a podcast episode, and I am so excited to be back. I have a great calendar of topics that I'm going to release over the next year, but since some time has passed since the last time I released an episode, I thought I could share four things that have changed since the last time you heard from me. The most important one being I am now a board-certified behavior analyst. I'm a BCBA and that is so wild to say. This is by far the biggest change. Although I had episodes releasing in the summer, I had pre-recorded all of the episodes. So the last time I sat down to record an episode, I was still working on my supervision. I hadn't even submitted to the boards yet and now I'm on the other side. I'm really excited to recap that whole process with you guys. But here's a short rundown of what happened while I was taking my hiatus. So I submitted my application to the board on May 11th, 2021. I was feeling pretty good. I had been studying. I read the entire Cooper text. I took a mock exam on May 30th thinking, I'm going to do awesome. I did not. I did not do well on that mock exam at all. That really shook my confidence. On June 4th, I was notified that I was approved to take the test. I was really nervous because I had done so poorly on the mock exam, but I decided to go ahead and go for it. So I took the test on June 12th and I failed. I proceeded to cry for about 24 hours. I gave myself some time to process, then I got back to studying and I took the test again on July 13th. This time I passed and added those four letters to my last name, but that was not the only thing I had to do. So I live in Virginia, and you have to be a licensed behavior analyst in Virginia to practice. I had to submit my application. That took some time, and I finally got licensed on August 19th, so over a month after I passed the test. At that point, I could start accepting clients and become a BCBA at my center. So I've now done the job for about six months, and I'm really excited to reflect on what helped me pass the transition from therapist to BCBA, what my job looks like now. And all of that. If you know me at all, I am a list lover. So I do have my podcast list. So, just some of the podcasts that you'll hear talking about that whole process is we're going to do a whole podcast on BCBA ethics. BCBA ethics are so hard. So, that is coming. I'm going to talk about what actually helped me pass the test, all of the different study tools that I used. We're going to do a one year BCBA reflection this summer. We're going to talk about what i wish i'd known about bcbas when i was a teacher what i wish bcbas knew about teachers we're going to talk about uh the best and worst parts about being a bcba and really anything else you guys want to know about so i hope you are excited to hear all of that over the next year the second thing that has changed is i mainly work from home now now i was a part-time therapist and I've been a part-time therapist since 2019. So working from home wasn't a new concept for me, but I am a part-time BCBA and spend way more time at home than I did. And this was something that I did not know was gonna happen until I became a BCBA. So the main reason is first, the difference between the job of a therapist and the job as a BCBA. Another major factor is the type of clients that I work with. So when I was a therapist, I worked a lot with early childhood children who were not in school yet. I did a lot of therapy during the day. And as a BCBA, all of my clients are school age. So unless I have an IEP or a parent meeting, I only work with clients after school and on weekends. I do feel like it's necessary to point out, although everybody says this now, I started my supervision in March of 2020. So the first year of my supervision was during the pandemic. So school looked really different for a lot of our clients. That also impacted why I was in the center so much during the day while I was getting supervision. By the time I became a BCBA in 2021, things had settled down a little bit more, which is how I ended up having a pretty different schedule now. But another major thing that goes into play is these are total theoretical numbers, but let's say I have a client who gets 10 hours a week of direct therapy with a therapist. They might only get one or two hours with a BCBA. That's just how the insurance companies work where I live. So that combined with the fact that I only have children who are getting therapy after school on our weekends has led me to work from home most of the time during the day. Now, most of you probably know I have a teacher's pay teacher's store. So that's what I spend all of the time at home doing. And I've really had to learn how to balance my part-time job as a BCBA plus my, whatever you wanna call it, part-time, full-time own company of Adaptation Station. And it's taken me a while to get into a group and we'll cover that in a podcast as well. But my days look very different now. The third one is probably small, but it's a big deal to me. I walk at least two miles every day. So back in November, I saw an ad for the Holiday Hustle. Clearly, my social media knows me well, and if you know me well, you won't be surprised to hear this. But when I saw an ad that was like, hey, count up all of your dog walks, I was like, oh my gosh, that is speaking to me. I'm totally going to do that. So I signed up through Run Across America. It does cost money, but I really needed the accountability and a way to motivate myself, so I went for it. My dog and I started walking roughly 1.2 miles every morning. I went to California for Christmas, so I was out of town for I think it was about seven days. Those are the only seven days that we have missed our walk since we started in November. We also started walking with my husband, Corey, every evening when he got home. So that pushes us over two miles every day. And when Buster is a very lucky boy, I extend our walk to a local pond or somewhere like there, and that gets us over three miles. Those are his best days. But no matter what, he is always a tired and happy boy when we get home from our walks. This has been a great way for me to start every morning, and it's been a really healthy addition to our daily life. I've talked about this a little bit. I do have asthma. I was hospitalized with pneumonia in 2018, and I had asthma as a result of that. And the walks have really helped my lung function. So I know it's good for my heart. It's great for my lungs. It's good for my mood. I've just really, really enjoyed it. I know walks are not for everybody. I'm certainly not trying to convince you to go on a walk. But I love them. They're the best start to my morning, and I'm really excited to take some walks in the nice spring weather. I do feel like it helped that I started doing my walks when it's very cold. So in July, when it's more like 60 degrees, it'll be so pleasant. But that has been another big change for us. The last thing that's changed is I read a lot more. Now, I've always been an avid reader since I was like eight years old, but I'm sure other people have this experience. I remember being in college, being in grad school, studying for the boards. My reading would really drop off because I was reading textbooks, not leisure books. I decided to participate in two reading challenges after I passed the boards. One was a summer one that I hosted myself in August. And then the second one is a Gilmore Girls-themed one that I've done every November for the past couple of years. My goal with those two reading challenges was to try and replace the time that I had spent studying with reading leisure books. Now, not completely because I was studying like six time, six hours a day, so I'm not necessarily trying to read six hours a day, but just trying to take that daily time I spent for studying and convert it to reading. If you follow me on social media, you know that I have an inflatable pool in my garage. Yes, I really do. Uh, two months away from pulling it out. I'm so excited. But... My birthday is in June and my mom got me a waterproof Kindle because your girl's klutzy and she would totally drop her book in the pool. So my mom got me a waterproof Kindle, which helped me read in the pool a ton. And so all of that helped me kick up my reading by the end of 2021. Then I walked into the library in January 2022 and I saw this beautiful booth with a reading challenge. If you've called on, I love reading challenges, so I got my husband to sign up with me. We threw ourselves into it, and we read a crazy amount between January and February. So in 2021, I read 90 books across the entire year. I'm recording this episode on March 30th, and I've read 40 books, so I've read almost half of the books that I read in 2021, and it's only been three months of 2022. That puts me on track to read about 160 books this year. Now, please know, this is not a competition. I am not saying this to try and make you feel like you need to read more at all. Whether you read 150 books or you read 15 books in a year, it doesn't matter. I just love that other people love reading. What i more focus on is all of the ways that reading have really helped me over the past nine months. So I started listening to audiobooks while I walk. This really motivated me to walk further, which as we already talked about has really helped my health and it's made my dog super happy Win-win. I also read my Kindle while I eat lunch every day. I used to eat lunch at my desk while I was working. I now take at least 10 minutes to read a chapter of a book while I eat. And that's, that's just been a nice addition to my day. And I read my Kindle in bed every night and surprisingly, this, this helps me fall asleep faster and sleep better through the night. Also, I get nightmares really easily, so just a little note. I read romance books and I have such good dreams. I no longer wake up feeling panicked because it's basically a Hallmark movie running through my head overnight, and that's been really nice. Just had to throw that out there. So I even made a reading Instagram. It's linked in the show notes, and you can follow that if you want to see all things reading. And then the bonus thing that didn't actually impact my life that much, but You heard me say that I went to California for Christmas. That was to meet my nephew. My brother now has a child, and that has changed his life, and I'm an aunt, so that did change my life, and I just wanted to throw that as a little bonus thing for those of you who made it to the end of the podcast. My life looks a bit different now than it did last spring, and I have loved all of the changes. We'll be diving into so much more in the podcast. We're going to do an episode every other week with occasional extra ones sprinkled in. I hope you guys are as excited for the podcast to come back as I am, and I will see you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys found something useful, and you can always come visit me on Instagram at Adaptation Station for more content all about work work and life. I hope you guys join me for the next episode and have a good one.